Peak Performance Mentor Podcast, the podcast for coaches and athletes where we talk about mentoring and developing athletes of significance. Each week, we interview coaches, sports industry experts, and leadership gurus to mentor you beyond the X's and O's on your quest to achieve significance and peak performance in your personal life, professional career, and with the teams that you coach. As a coach, a mentor, a trainer, when you can... When you're only asking a few questions and allowing that other person to speak, that's when you're really seeing true answers come out. Because as coaches, as mentors, our job is not to give them goals, it's to help them unlock their goals. Episode 21. Today's guest likes to focus on emerging leaders. And I'm excited to bring Michael on because of his focus on emerging leaders. And I know that you as coaches out there your goal is to focus on emerging leaders. So as we listen to Michael, let's share a little bit about him. He's a passionate international leadership coach, a certified trainer, and a keynote speaker who has an unwavering commitment to excellence and his passion and loyalty and quickly have earned him the reputation as an upcoming industry leader. Over the course of the decade, he has garnered ex- extensive leadership experiences, primarily in the law enforcement sector. Currently is a certified coach and trainer and speaker with the John Maxwell team, facilitating masterminds, providing one-on-one coaching, and hosting leadership workshops. Ultimately, his passion is to impact the emerging leaders on the leadership tools and innovative strategies they need. So, Michael, welcome to the show, and we're excited to have you here today. Can you share with us a little bit of personal insight into your life before we get into the meat of the show? Absolutely. Well, I guess it's my journey into leadership, and what something that I really started to really notice over my last couple of years of my life was my leadership. And about two, three years ago, I became a lieutenant in the Federal Bureau of Prisons, and at that time, I realized I didn't really know how to lead anybody. And because of that, I started to invest in myself. I started to read. I started to go to conferences. I joined Toastmasters, and Throughout that time, I realized, man, how did, how did I miss out on so much? How many leadership opportunities did I miss because I never was trained? And I think it comes back to when I was raised by a single mom and a grandmother where hard work was instilled but not necessarily teamwork and leadership. And I always wondered why I felt so lost and confused, and it wasn't because I was doing anything wrong, so to speak. I just didn't have the knowledge nor the skill set to become better. And now with the new skills, the talents, the training, the focused development on leadership, I've really learned a lot. And it's really helping me impact other people as leaders in different industries and just different walks of life. Well, that, Michael, that's exactly why I wanted you to share this with our audience uh, before we got into the show because you, you just you shared two real important nuggets there, and, and that is – Number one, all of a sudden you realized you were leading people and didn't know it. And then number two, as you, when you came to that awareness, you also became aware of you didn't necessarily have the tools with you or equipped with the proper tools to do the leading and, and that whole idea of emerging leadership. And when you and I both spoke about you know, what is your passion, 
this whole idea of emerging leaders came out. So I, I wanted to preface that as we went into the show, and really this is great for our listeners that are working with young athletes, that they understand that these young athletes are our emerging leaders, and most of the time they don't realize they're leaders, and it's our job to help equip them. So as we go into the first half, we like to talk to mentors. We like to talk about our mentors, and I, there had to have been some mentors along the way that helped you understand and bring you to this awareness that you have about leadership. Can you share with us any lessons you've had from mentors along your way and in your journey of significance? Oh, absolutely. And I could think of my one of my more recent mentors, Dr. Fred Jones, who's based out of Louisiana. And over a breakfast conversation, he asked me a very profound question that really resonated with my leadership development, how I was coaching, how I was training, how I was speaking. And the question was simply this, what makes me angry about what I do? And when he said it, I just, it, it really caught me off guard because I, I always thought, well, I was passionate about leadership. I'm passionate about developing people. What, what actually makes me angry about helping other people out? Like, like, what is it? And then I thought about the Ray Lewis phrase where he talks about if you're not pissed off for greatness, then you're happy with being mediocre. And that kind of put it all together for me because then I was able to dig deep into myself and realize what I was angry about and what, I, what really made me upset was when I saw people going into leadership roles without being trained, without being developed. Because once you go into that role and you have people following you, your leadership skills really affect on how much they grow. So it's kind of like a downward spiral if you're not trained right because people are looking for you for answers. They're looking to you to be developed. And when my mentor told me that, it really helped me have even more focus on developing others because I'm like, you know what, I don't want to be that person that's not – like I don't want to see that happen again to other people. I don't want to see them going and leading 15, 100 people somewhere or to a location or to a destination in their life and not knowing. So that's what really made me angry. And now it affects on how hard I push to other people. Yeah, what what a great lesson to have from a mentor, you know. And as as I've as I've been really growing myself personally through this podcast, um, one of the things I've I've learned about understanding mentors is that we become mentors ourselves. Can you maybe speak a little bit into? your own experiences you're now having and mentoring others and, and maybe even mentoring these emerging leaders? Absolutely. What I do as a mentor is I try to give everybody everything that I've learned. It's no secret. It's no I want to hide it so they don't get better. But I learned that the more I give to others, the more I get back without them even knowing because through their development, I grow. Through their success, I feel, in a, I feel a reward that it's, it's hard to measure. It's hard to put a, a number on it. It's just one of those things where you do something good, next thing you know, it's like, man, look what this guy or girl was able to achieve based on my advice. So as a mentor, I think that just the fact that people ask you to help them out, help them to be your mentor, you're able to guide, I think it gives you more of a reward than that person would ever know. 
I think you hit that right on on the head because I'm even thinking now as a coach and I'm out coaching, there used to be a point when I would just try to tell my players everything. I used to try to give them the answers. And when I've, when I've learned to step back a little bit and, and kind of almost mentor them through the process, ask them some questions, I have found that I have learned so much more about how to coach in a more meaningful way and have a better, bigger impact on their learning because what I've learned through this process, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong if you've learned the same thing, what I've learned through this process, they might already have part of the answer with them and, and, and we're, trying to, we're trying to give them that answer and when you actually allow them to talk and you allow them to, to have some say in what's happening, you get to a whole new level and a deeper level by allowing them to think through their growing. Would you agree with that in your experiences? Oh, absolutely. As a coach, a mentor, a trainer, when, you can, when you're only asking a few questions and allowing that other person to speak, that's when you're really seeing true answers come out. Because as coaches, as mentors, our job is not to give them goals, it's to help them unlock their goals. Because uh, like everybody's like goals that. are different. Yeah. yeah. Christian, everybody's different. I mean, I, I can tell you I want to be the next John Maxwell, but that doesn't mean the person sitting next to me that's in the same career path as me wants to do the same thing. Maybe that person wants to be a minister. Maybe that person wants to just own his or her business with five people. So it's hard for me to tell someone what their goal is just to continue, continuously ask them questions on how to get to their goals because that's what I want to do for them. I just want to give them a few questions and, and go from there. That's and great. that's when I saw the greatest growth. So uh, that, that's a great segue into my next question and, and my last question within this, within the first half here, is when you and I first met and we talked about uh, you know, where you're going and you know, at the end of the day, you, you asked me to mentor you a little bit. Um, you brought up this idea about these three C's for emerging leaders, these simple steps to develop emerging leaders. And I really felt this was a powerful tool that you have developed that I would love for you to share with our audience. And, I, and, and those coaches, I really want you coaches that are listening and the players that are listening and the sports administrators that are listening, I want you to hear what he has to say about these three simple steps of developing emerging leaders. Would you share those with us? Absolutely. Before, as I entered into leadership and I looked for answers, I would go to places like Google, Amazon, type in the word leadership and get thousands of books, thousands of podcasts, thousands of just different resources that were very hard to, they, they didn't really relate to me that much. And I felt a burning passion. I was angry because I was like, man, this is really a lot of time spent on reading books and all this other stuff. And that's why I came up with the three C's for emerging leaders. Because I think every leader needs these basic foundations, these basic fundamentals in order to be successful in their career, in their life, whatever walk of life that they're in. And the three C's are character, courage, and communication. It's really that simple. Before you're able to lead anybody, you have to know your character. You have to know who you are in order to make them better. Without that Without looking inside of yourself and knowing what makes what what your passion is, how can you ever draw another passion out of anybody else? How can you push them to the next level? And then courage. I mean, you both and I both know, Christian. I mean, you have to have courage because people are going to challenge you. 
people are going to tell you no. And if you don't have the courage to keep going forward, if you don't have the courage to say, you know what, this is who I am, you're never going to be successful. And then communication. Every good leader communicates. No matter if you are a one-day leader or you've been a leader for 30 years, every good leader learns great communication because you have to be able to tell people and explain to them your expectations in order to see them succeed. You can't just hope that they look at you and say, oh, yeah, Michael wants me to do this or Kristen wants me to do that. You have to be a good communicator to get your point across to them. Again, simple, concise, to the point. What is your character? Have the courage to step out and live into that character and communicate what your message is. A fa- fantastic in terms of uh, you know, steps that a, an emerging leader can use and coaches. So simple, so simple to share with your teams uh, you know, and, your, and the players on your teams for them to become those emerging leaders. Before we go into the half two, have a word from our sponsors. Today's recruiting process is getting crazy. College Fit Finder is a solution. Let's be clear. Grades and ability mean nothing if a college coach doesn't know who you are. You need to be proactive. Be relentless. Otherwise, someone else will be taking your spot. If the college coach doesn't know you exist, can they really be recruiting you? College Fit Finder provides solutions for high school students and their families to combat the obstacles faced during the college recruiting process. Volta has partnered with College Fit Finder on our Athlete of Significance Recruiting Education Program. Whether you use College Fit Finder through Volta or contract with them directly, they will provide you with the tools you need to navigate the recruiting landscape. Connect with them today to discuss your situation and the solutions that are available to you. Do you know Jake or someone like him? Jake is trying to run a soccer club and running a soccer club is a lot of work. Our volunteers have big hearts, but the paperwork, registration, phone calls, and customer service can be overwhelming. Jake needs help and SoccerOffice.com is here to help Jake, as well as all the listeners out there that are just like Jake. My friends at SoccerOffice.com run soccer for you so you can spend time on the field doing what you love coaching the kids connect with adam and jamie at socceroffice.com and let them run soccer for you at volta we use them for our office support you'll be glad that you connected with them you can connect with our sponsors on our website voltacoach.com backslash podcast make sure to click on podcast details for each of the individual shows michael as we go into the halftime we like to, to have just those, those, we call these our key points to help you on your journey. Just like in halftime with a coach, what are the two to three key points that a coach gives their team to help them in the second half of their journey, in the second half of their game? And so we, we take these key points, these, these halftime key points, off of what I've learned in my years of studying successful individuals. And so the first thing I would like to know what is, what, is a, what is your favorite book or book you're currently reading that helps you on your journey? My favorite book that I always seem to come back to, whether, um, whether I just need something to read or I'm kind of stuck in the leadership rut or just something I like to recommend to people is a book called It Worked For Me in Life and Leadership by Colin Powell. 
And I think there's so many strong nuggets in there, so many strong points that you can read it from front to back, back to front, front to back again, and you will continue to learn because he's very practical in the way he became successful and how he became significant in his life as a leader. Great. How about a daily habit? What I've learned by studying the you know, very significant individuals is they all have a daily habit. That habit they do every day that keeps them grounded and on their journey of significance. What's your daily habit? It's a method that I've taken from John Maxwell and a few other people, Christian V, or excuse me, Gary V. There's some people that I've kind of put together, and it's something, once again, very simple. I call it input-output. I read a chapter of a book, and then I output it to my social media. And that way, I'm not just reading it, but I'm writing it. So every day I do that, and I have found myself learning so much, reading so much faster, delivering great content to people so much quicker on a consistent basis that has really increased my knowledge and leadership. You know, I, I think I'm going to steal this one from you. Uh, and as we're as we're starting to release our, our Athlete of Significant Sports Leadership Camps, I think this is a great tool that we can equip our young people with, this idea of input-output. They, they don't have to read a whole lot. They just have to read something every day and then share it to social media. I mean, our, our young people are, are so immersed in social media. Why don't we, why don't we take advantage of that? I, I love it. Um, I, I'm a big guy as, as a coach. I've always been used quotes as a way to, to communicate with my players. Sometimes it's a way that you can communicate with other people. And, and there, sometimes there's just that quote that keeps you grounded. Do you have one or two quotes that you that you that are, are, you know, maybe posted above your, your computer or, or in your bathroom when you're getting ready in the morning that, that keep you grounded? Absolutely. There's one quote that I have provided speeches on at Toastmasters. I've told other people on different platforms. And it's a quote by Abraham Lincoln, which says, the best way to predict your future is to create it. And I feel that is so true, not just as an emerging leader, as an athlete, but just as a person. If you want something in your life, you have to create it for yourself. You can't wait for anybody else to do it. So you have to do certain tasks. You have to do your input, output. You have to come up with something that's going to work for you. So, so what I've gotten through so far as we've gone through the first half and the second half in this uh, podcast with you, one word comes to my mind, and it's been consistency. Everything that you've shared has been consistent to what your message is about working with emerging leaders. And, and this quote even itself is consistent with this idea of emerging leaders need to have some tools to, to equip themselves to become those leaders. And what a great quote from Abraham Lincoln given so many years ago, the best way to predict your future is to create it. I love it. Let's go into the second half. And the second half is, second half is for me where so much learning takes place in our lives. So much learning takes place in our journeys. Whether, that, whether that's in the latter part of your journey, which it's still happening with me, whether it's in the early part of your journey, it's where we learn to embrace failure and adversity. We don't need to run from it. We don't need to fear it. We need to learn to embrace failure and adversity in our lives. And the most successful, the most significant people that I know, the coaches that I study, all have talked about where they've embraced failure in their lives. 
Can you share with us one or two of your of your failures or your are are those adversities that you've had to face where rather than running from it, you embraced it and it's led to your growth? My journey into leadership. I mean, it, when I first became a lieutenant a couple of years ago, it was such a hard transition because I had no clue what I was doing. And I could have quit. I could have said, you know what, this leadership is for somebody else. But I really said, you know what, I feel like this is my calling. This is my destination. This is what I, or me, this is my destiny. And I went out and tried even harder to become a leader. And after I became a lieutenant, I, I volunteered to be put into more, even more stressful situations. I asked, can I go teach? Can I go speak? And then I got into Toastmasters. And that helped me speak more. That helped me lead more. And then I became part of the John Maxwell team. And then I opened my business, all in order to increase my leadership. And I think that without ever being put in an official leadership role, as I was at the time, I would have never been able to see what I really needed. Because before that, I mean, I, I already had earned my master's degree in 2013. I had other, I guess, non-official leadership roles in the past, but even with those, they were not necessarily true leadership roles where people were counting on me consistently. They weren't at a, at a stage where they're like, well, Michael, how, how do I do this in my life? How do I do this in my career? And when I picked up that lieutenant role, that's when it really dawned on me that, you know what, I'm failing right now. I'm failing the people that are, are looking up to me for guidance. And I think that that really pushed me into where I'm at now with all this leadership coaching and training and speaking just because I, I, I knew I was failing people and I didn't want to continue to fail them. So I found ways to make myself better to make them better. So, so you, you just said something there. You were failing people. Um, talk to me a little bit about that. What does that mean that you were failing people? Uh, you know, we, we're talking about when you're talking about that. That's that. You know, it's about relationships. Um, can can you take a little deeper dive into that for us? Absolutely. Well, people get in. Let's say first level managers, emerging leaders. Let's say you are a let's say a, a shift leader at McDonald's. It's one – you have a job to do daily rosters or daily um, assignments. You have jobs to make sure people get paid, but you also have a job to develop people and lead them to greatness. And I believe that is so overlooked for that first-level manager, that emerging leader. And for me, that's what I was doing. I was just managing tasks. I was trying to manage people rather than try to lead them. And after a while, I realized that I wasn't developing those relationships. I, wasn't, I was not going out of my way to say, hey, how's everything going with you? What can I do to make you better? Versus, you know what, this, needs, this task needs to be done. Go get it done. That was more of what I was based on doing at that time. And then once I started learning about leadership, I realized, man, I failed people because I wasn't really developing them. I was just, just teaching them based on a set of checklists just to get by through an eight-hour day at work. And I was I, – I didn't say – I'm not going to say anybody quit, but I, I slowed down their, their development on my end as a leader, and I never realized it until I start doing all the stuff that I do now. And now I see people ask me personal questions, which are, which are great to me, but they also come to me with their personal problems. And when I say that, I don't want people to shy away from that. It's because when you build relationships – you have to realize that 
your professional life and personal life are intertwined. No matter how you look at it, they're not separate entities. People come to work angry from what happened at home. People go home angry from what happened at work. So as leaders, we have to learn how to connect with, these, with the people that we lead in order to make sure we can make sure there's a healthy blend for them because they're going to perform at their peak when they're happy at home. They're going to perform at their peak when they're, when they're happy at work. So it's our job to build those relationships. And I believe at that time, back then, I was failing because I wasn't doing both. I was just looking at the professional side, you know, keep this professional, keep it professional, but I forgot about the relationship side of business. Well, yeah, here, Michael, I just, I just want, I want to do a, a call out with you on this one because I, just in the, last, in the last six weeks since you and I first connected, to hear you just say what you just said is a new awareness and and whether whether I think you knew this was in you I just didn't hear you articulate it the first couple of times you and I talked but the way I heard you say it today is just so powerful in terms of the awareness that you've come into that is so important and I want I want my I want my listeners to hear what I'm going to say here I mean if, if this is all you get out of this show I want you to hear this Michael sat there and he said I was managing tasks, not building relationships. And at that point, neither of us were growing. What a powerful statement to understand and have in your awareness that it's not about managing the tasks, it's about building the relationships. I personally have been really focused on, on understanding the, the DISC human behavior model. And, and really working with coaches on this disc, of, this disc model of human behavior, and 90% of all conflict that comes into our lives, 90% of everything that we deal with is dealing with task versus relationship issues. And a lot of times we focus so much on task and not enough on the relationships. And so I, I just want to give you some kudos for this awareness I heard in you that I did not hear even six weeks ago when you and I talked. And, and to have that new awareness, you're really starting to make that step in working with emerging leaders. Yes, Christian. It, it, it takes a lot. I, it, you're, as leaders, for anybody listening, it is not built overnight. I promise you that. And you will learn as long as you keep trying to learn. Good. So uh, the other thing I want to just tap into, because this is something that you shared with me, uh, you know, that, that very first conversation we had, this is something you shared with me, and I, I just want to know where you're at with it now. You said that at one point time management was an issue for you. Um, is that still something you struggle with? No, it actually isn't because I've learned to make time for everything I need to. And I actually do daily, I do a daily calendar, I do a weekly calendar, and I will have time set out for whatever I need to do. So, for example, if I'm going to do my input or output, I know I have an hour to do that. If I don't get it done in an hour, then I just, don't, I just don't complete it. And I think that having hard stops on certain activities allow me now to focus on other areas, and it helps me be more focused. And one of the biggest things that I realized is multitasking isn't really multitasking. It's really just not putting enough time and effort into one activity. And <laughs> <laughs> it really is. I mean, it's... It, and people don't look at it that way. They're like, well, I can multitask. I can read a book, watch TV. I can text on my phone. And I'm like, well, 
you're not devoting 100% to anything at that time. And when you actually devote 100% to a single activity, you learn so – like you actually complete it faster and more efficiently to where you don't have to go back and do it again. So if you're working out, go work out. If you're going to go to the gym for an hour, go to the gym for an hour. Don't go to the gym, talk for 45 minutes, and work out for 15 because you're not going to the gym for, for working out. Or if you're going to read a book, read the book. Turn your phone off. Turn the TV off. Do, do whatever but that, but focus on that one task. And I think for me, that's how my time management has really increased is because I'm setting hard times for me to finish and stop, and then I'm focusing on that one area at a time. Great stuff. Let's go into, the, into our locker room, and we go into the locker room. This is where we like to talk about uh, your, our legacy and leaving a legacy and what it means to leave a legacy. And so when we, when we address this issue of, issue of legacy, again, when I study, when I study the John, Woodens, uh, uh, John Wooden and I study you know, the various different coaches that I've talked to, it's about the legacy that they've, li- they've lived and what they've left with us. So I have a couple of questions that help us understand your legacy and more importantly help you understand your legacy because when you understand your legacy, you can be more impactful and you can be more significant in your life. So what are you most excited about right now? As far as legacy goes, I'm actually releasing a book. Um, so that's going to be something that's new to me and it's really helped me expand my knowledge of just giving away um, information. And it's something that John Maxwell talks about when he says that he never knew how many people he could reach just through writing books because you would never know who's going to go buy your book off of a bookshelf or take it from a library or get it as a gift. So putting, my, putting the knowledge that's in between my ears on a piece of paper or electronic writing, it, I think that's what's really helped me leave my legacy, helped help me give out more than what I ever thought I could give. And I think that's the, one of the most things I'm excited about because I'm like, okay, I, I, now I've learned another way to reach people. Even doing the input-output, I don't know who's reading it. I just know I'm putting it out there for people versus me just keeping it to myself. So I think that's been one of the best ways for me to increase my legacy is just by putting content out there for people. And even if only one person reads it, I'm happy that I was able to reach, reach one person rather than it sit in my house or my computer. Great. So here's one of my next questions that this is I, – I just love this question personally. What do you know that we need to know in order to grow? Something that I did not realize, let's say, about 14, 13 years ago, 14 years ago, is to invest in yourself. I – just started truly investing in myself financially, so to speak, probably about a year ago, close to the time I became in the John Maxwell team. And when I mean invest in yourself, I don't mean buy yourself a suit. I don't mean take yourself to the movie, but invest in something that's going to put more information in your brain. Invest in something that's going to help unlock your potential. Go somewhere, meet people, find ways to use that money more effectively for you. And I think that once I started taking some of that money away from other activities that weren't for me, that's when I saw a true growth in myself. And that has grown me in so many different ways that I cannot explain it. So it's, I, 
when I usually think about it as a secret, I'm like, well, it's, it's, a, it's kind of a secret if people don't really think about themselves in that way. But, I mean, it's very simple and obvious to me. But it's funny that when I do talk to people, they're so surprised. They're like, well, my company's going to invest in me or my family's going to invest in me. But then they lose so much waiting for someone else to create their lives for them. So I've learned just investing in myself is probably one of the best things that I have discovered over my time. Great. Well, as we wrap up the show, we like to go into what we call the post game. And the post game is really you know, about you and where we can learn more about you, where people can reach out and find you. So can you share with us where we might be able to, to connect with you, where our listeners can connect with you and learn more about you and what you're doing? Absolutely. My, my main social media platforms are LinkedIn and Facebook. And if you look for me on LinkedIn, I'm under Michael Laitler. And then if you look at me under Facebook, I'm under Michael Laitler Leadership. So those are the two main ways. I also have Instagram, Twitter, so I do go on those platforms as well. But the, the, the ones that I'm most active on are LinkedIn and Facebook. And then I have a webpage, which is www.michaelalaitler.com. And that has videos on it, podcasts. Um, my e-course, you can find it through that. It explains about my services as far as my coaching, training, and speaking. It just gives you an idea of who I am. It helps you subscribe to my email list if you ever just want to hear about some of the things that's going on in my life and maybe some places I'm hearing. And then, of course, my email address is another way to contact me, which is michael at michaelalaitler.com. Great stuff. Hey, Michael, thank you for taking the morning to spend with us. I, you've, again, brought great value. I knew when you and I first connected, we first talked, and it, it was really more about just asking, some, asking each other some questions that you would have a message that needed to be heard by our audience and that we have emerging leaders out there, and these emerging leaders need some simple tools. They need to understand. We need to equip them. We need to understand we need to equip them, and and in doing so we're going to grow ourselves and so going be willing to step out and equip those emerging leaders and give them what they need to be successful but in order to do that you have to find it in yourself and so i, I thought that message was really powerful and needed to be said today so i thank you for taking the time to meet with us thank you christian always awesome to talk with you this has been the peak performance mentor podcast where each week we look forward to mentoring you to discover significance and realize that your own peak performance extends beyond the field. The Peak Performance Mentor Podcast is brought to you by Volta, where athletes of significance are born. Learn more about the Volta programs, the Athlete of Significance Recruiting Education, the Athlete of Significance Coaching Education, the Athlete of Significance Sports Camps, and the Athlete of Significance Mission Trips at our website, www.voltacoach.com backslash AOS.